I'm David Fernandez, and I'm a, a native to Taos, uh, and uh, I do use uh, almost like a pen name um, for my articles, my writing, David Fernandez, their Taos, which means just David Fernandez of Taos. You know, that's uh, basically it. Now, a long time ago, the uh, name, the place name for the Taos area, in fact, was Fernandez the Taos, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it might be related to that, although uh, there's been Fernandez's living in Taos for ever since. I just kind of combined my name, David Fernandez, with um, kind of that old place name, the way people looked at Taos back then. And uh, being from Taos, I said, well, and Taos was on the map under that name. And I said, well, I'll just be in writing and such. I'll just be David Fernandez de Taos. <laughs> This is where we meet, sharing conversations from New Mexico and beyond. I'm Chelsea Reedy, and the show is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. On today's show, we speak to David Fernandez and Abuelo de Taos about the Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area and the inherent power that is present in the Taos area, which informs his spirituality and writing. Fernandez speaks to how relations between the cultures and peoples of Del Norte and beyond need action through conciliation rather than the highly discussed reconciliation, which is the restoring of friendly relations. Here's the conversation. You've heard the term like, you know, fathers of Taos, like for people who are in government and, and councils and all like that. And uh, I'm at the stage now where I can competently state right out that uh, I'm, a, I'm a grandfather of Taos, you know, an abuelo de Taos. I um, born in the area. Uh, my parents on both sides, my father was Bonifacio Fernandez, a well-known teacher in the school system here. And my mother was uh, Quintana, Margie Quintana. And she was also uh, an educator, a teacher. She ran the Head Start program here for uh, quite a while, way back when. And uh, so I've uh, always had their inspiration to me to uh, just keep on learning and looking and asking questions and um, uh, sharing, uh, teaching um, in different ways myself. I've had a lot of experiences, many, many different kinds which are all relevant, as it turns out, to uh, some of the themes we'll be talking about today. I um, have been writing ever since I was a young youngster and um, just so infused, I think, by the, um, by the uh, Taos area region, northern New Mexico or New Mexico environment. Um, looking back over, over the circumstances in the world right now and looking back over the course of my own life and uh, I see the Taos area is in fact just a very very special place in the world it just really is um, and uh, I'm glad to be a, a part of it and to be a, a spokesperson for it uh, you know from time to time part of my experience has been uh, in uh, e even as a uh, as a county commissioner here for a while I was uh, um, been that. I've been active in community uh, issues for almost ever since I can remember. Connected to that, so you're on the board of directors of the Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area. And can we start with first, um, what is a national heritage area and why is it important? In the country, in the United States, there are probably at least 50, uh, probably more than that, um, 
National Heritage Areas, as they're called, an initiative um, that I guess members of Congress and interested people around uh, the states and communities thought would be great to um, towards advocating for and preserving and and advancing um, the um, legacies and traditions, heritages of different parts of the USA and uh, New Mexico. The Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area is, uh, I think right now, the only national heritage area that is in the state of New Mexico. Uh, right across the border to the north, Colorado um, has one, the Sangre de Cristo National Heritage Area. But Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area came into being, oh, maybe uh, 15 years or so ago. And uh, it was started pretty much at the behest and the uh, encouragement of uh, some people from Taos, including um, Catherine, Kathy Cordova, uh, Mary uh, Mascarenas from Pinasco, and uh, a number of the pe people from the different pueblos, and uh, a lot of encouragement from our, our state and local political um, establishment as well. That makes sense because I was I, I felt there was a kind of a original connection to Taos in some way mm -hmm. and um, but I wasn't aware of of Kathy Cordova's mm -hmm. that she was kind of at the head of that of that beginning. Uh, so uh, the mission of the Northern Rio Grande National Heritage Area is to sustain communities, heritages, languages, cultures, traditions, and environment of Northern New Mexico through partnerships, education, and interpretation. I wonder. I know that the group has a lot of different things going on, but I wonder if you can give one example of a program that is supporting that mission. There are several, um, even just this one example. One of the things that the National Heritage Area does is we are able to give out grants of uh, funds to organizations, uh, of people who, you know, groups and organizations in different localities around uh, in our area. Real Grand, Northern Rio Grande Heritage Area encompasses Taos County and Rio Arriba County and Santa Fe County. And uh, so we're, we're very interested in all of these things. One grant that we had given out was to um, something called the, 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 the Manitos Trail. And that was, uh, they had an event here at uh, Millicent Rogers Foundation just this last weekend, which I attended to representing the National Heritage Area and congratulating them on, uh, on, on their grant and encouraging them to uh, following that trail that they're on. Um, and um, that, was, that was good, well attended as well. People from, from, from all over, including uh, some people from some of the Pueblos, because what they're doing, there's discussion about uh, exactly what's really meant by the term manitos, for example. You know, people have different interpretations of that and, and everything. But um, it was uh, an impressive turnout at uh, Millicent Rogers Foundation this last weekend. Um, forget the dates. But uh, talking about um, the stories of families and uh, who've been here for a long, long time, and uh, you know how some of them, uh, you know, remained here. Some went out uh, uh, to other states for hard work, for example, in uh, sheep ranching or cattle ranching or, or 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 mining or different things like that. But always holding on to. Uh, uh, memory uh, holding on to their their place, their original place, you know, where we're from New Mexico or northern New Mexico. 
and um, so it was good. There, our grant also helped them um, do whatever it takes to uh, compile a really impressive uh, collection of um, oral histories and stories of mm -hmm. people and families of, uh, of um, the area here. Uh, so that looks like it's going going well. And that's just one. We, National Heritage Area, um, usually we give grants up to maybe um, sometimes as many as 20 organizations per year. We have uh, some pretty good funding through the National Park Service, U.S. National Park Service. That's where our funding comes from, to the, nat to the National Heritage Area. And uh, we've done some other things. Uh, for example, we've uh, some grants to the um, Charles Historic Museums, like uh, the um, Hacienda de los Martinez, for example, and, uh, and, uh, and others. And we are prepared always to uh, work with, uh, with, with any, to partner with any um, interest of, uh, of most any other organizations. Ecologically and environmentally, we have done grants with um, uh, even like to Amigos Bravos and uh, Taos uh, Land Trust and, and things like that. You, know. you mentioned the National Park Service. I think an interesting thing is looking at, well, all, all places, but uh, New Mexico and northern New Mexico and how a, a, a lot of land is designated as public. And uh, there's a lot of positivity to that. Um, at the same time, it means that it's monitored by the government and that folks or families who perhaps have traditionally engaged with the land f uh, for agricultural reasons, um, maybe, uh, you know, that is regulated in a certain way that it wasn't before. How does that play in, or, or what are your thoughts on that? I, I feel like it's mm -hmm. it's kind of one hand and the other. <laughs> Absolutely, and and we're very interested in that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are there are places even uh, um, in our Taos County and in, in, in surrounding areas where uh, the juxtaposition of um, lands that are controlled or owned by the say the the U.S. Forest Service or uh, Bureau of Land Management. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes really come right up uh, against uh, some of these traditional uses that you're talking about mm -hmm. um, uh, with regard to um, headwaters, for example, of, um, of rivers and streams that uh, eventually become part of the acequia uh, systems down here. Mm -hmm. um, traditional use of uh, uh, forest uh, and mountain areas for food and uh, wood and other things. The land grant issue comes up very often, and um, so we're very interested in that, and uh, some of our grants actually have to do with, um, have had to do with uh, kind of bolstering the um, position of people in established land grants that are that abut right next to um, to uh, federal uh, controlled properties. So that's uh, always just a, a very interesting issue. And um, we, part of our, our future going forward with the NHA is to 
partner with or to collaborate with or to engage in um, hopefully productive um, conversations and discussions with uh, federal agencies that are involved too. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, kind of a, a broad and, and encompassing type of mission. And sounds too complex in, in various ways. I wonder, uh, do you enjoy your involvement in that and how, how has that been? Yes, I do. It, uh, it's uh, something that's like right up my own personal alley and, and something I, you know, I sink my own teeth into. I've been involved in, uh, in many aspects of all of these things for a long time. Um, uh, with, with the Asequias, with um, the land grants, uh, and even uh, the Reyes-Lopez-Tijerina thing for a while, um, and uh, other areas. That <clears throat> aspect of uh, life and tradition here, but also others, uh, other areas as well. Um, for example, when the um, uh, my good friend, now deceased, may he rest in peace, Tomas Atencio and others, uh, formed what was called back then uh, the Academia de la Nueva Raza. Uh, I was uh, a part of that too and, and uh, enjoyed that company as well. Tomas Atencio, Facundo Valdez, Antonio Medina, uh, Luis, Father Luis Jaramillo and others addressing and dealing with all these environmental and traditional issues as well but also uh, a lot of the intellectual um, kind of aspect of things. Um, we, I remember we had some very good programming at uh, Ghost Ranch at ABQ uh, on some of these issues. And we'd bring in people from other parts of the world or from, actually from, uh, from South America. Um, Paulo Freire, I think was, was one of them that I, who I recall right off, uh, a Catholic priest activist, um, and so we, we, we've touched on, on many, many things. And these are things which uh, just appeal to me directly, you know, quite frankly. Sure. One of the things uh, I've noticed and especially read about recently um, around your work is um, how it has to do with reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you can talk about that, um, why it's important not only to hear Taos in the region, but why it's important to you. There's been a lot of talk about reconciliation, um, you know, um, been a lot happening in uh, northern New Mexico. Um, some of it actually um, provoked by, uh, and egged on by activists of, you know, the um, all the different parties uh, who are involved in different fa uh, sectors. And um, reconciliation is one thing, um, but I prefer to begin with what comes before that, you know, uh, conciliation, because uh, I think there was never really a time when everything was, you know, so well reconciled to begin with, you know, there, there's always been this dynamic. Uh, and uh, so uh, I think before reconciliation, um, looking at, uh, at the idea of uh, conciliation, I think there have been instances of of conciliation um, in a way few and far between because there's always something simmering um, even historically going back uh, hundreds uh, of years and, and, and even much much before that. Uh, 
I think humankind, whether it's northern New Mexico or anywhere else, uh, even to this very day, um, are uh, shining examples of how not to be reconciled with each other, or even reconciled with each other. And um, but here in northern New Mexico, we have um, reached a, a very interesting point here, where um, even the the bloodlines and and the family lines of um, uh, peoples have have merged and have you know kind of streamed together um, in a very interesting uh, way with. In the future, it's hard to tell where we're going in the future with all of this, too. But um, one that's interesting is um, down in Santa Fe area where uh, uh, you know, they have all the, the toppling of statues and monuments and, and things like that. And uh, we have some very strident voices, say, from um, a particular group there. Uh, the darn Hispanics, the conquistadores, they came in here and, and all like this. Um, but yet, the speaker of those sentiments herself is uh, completely you know, mixed, mixed uh, blood type person. And uh, her own father uh, from uh, the Pueblo, a little bit south of here, um, was very well known um, as um, as calling for conciliation uh, among the peoples, and uh, I don't know if that's a general generational thing, you know, the 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 children or the like that that's going on. But um, interesting that um, sometimes some of the the most vociferous and strident um, activists on one side, in fact, are. Uh, themselves examples of uh, real um, de facto uh, conciliation just by the fact of their being, the, the blood that runs through them, the, the stories that, um, of, of how, they, how people have come together. And yes, there's no doubt conciliation does not, is not restricted to uh, peace between uh, uh, Native American and Spanish, but also to everybody else um, that's involved here. And uh, we've had examples here in Taos of, um, of, of shocking things, and, and every, everybody's involved here, whether it was, uh, you know, inter-dynamics uh, or inter, even inter tribal warfare among uh, indigenous peoples even before Europeans arrived and certainly the the uh, a big shock when the uh, Europeans through the the Spanish people came um, through for colonization or a missionization or what have you and then after that the arrival of uh, of America here to through manifest destiny and the things that uh, that were perpetrated uh, as part of uh, part of that um, go west young young people uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing. A lot of people have been bulldozed over and barreled over by uh, by these events and uh, so it's understandable in a way that there um, can be 
some long, long simmering, you know, hurts and uh, trauma. Uh, that's that's there all the time. I hesitate to ask this next question because when I hear other people ask this question, I'm always like, that's an impossible question to answer. But I will ask it. Mm -hmm. And I think about what's something anybody can do, just any normal person who has a day job and has a family and doesn't have time, um, in order to participate in this conciliation, as you say, what's something everybody can do? Or is there something? Generally, bottom line, are are disposed to, um, you know, uh, see a, a stranger or, or a person, uh, uh, and uh, be um, open in a way. Uh, you never can tell what's going to happen, obviously, but. Um, I know that uh, through, um, through through the, the faith uh, that uh, has been part of the, uh, uh, the the Spanish people here for hundreds of years, that's kind of like what they're they're taught. You know, be um, through their faith to be open and to uh, not prejudge and, and such. And I think to a great extent, the same applies with people in the different pueblos with their own. Um, education and, and spiritual um, training and so forth. So I think we, we already have a um, a predisposition here to to be uh, open. I know when um, when when Spanish people came, uh, there were instances of uh, the Pueblo people welcoming, you know, and and uh, and laying down pala and, and this and you know like that. And then, of course, sometimes things were okay after that. Sometimes things just took a completely horrendous different direction. Uh, same thing here with Spanish and uh, people coming here. Pe Spanish would say, well, welcome, you know, benvenidos, uh, mi casa es su casa, and all of that. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, uh, next thing you know, yeah, um, our, our casa, in fact, was there. But just generally, um, I, and that's the one thing that inspires me a lot about Taos. Just um, I don't know where it comes from, but there's a, there's a, a fundamental tendency for openness and for um, uh, engaging, asking questions, you know, talking, and then maybe later firing, you know, <laughs> but uh, instead of the other way around, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. One of the th other aspects that I've gathered about you is that spirituality mm. seems um, both to be central to your writing, uh, mm. some of your writing at least, and, and also your work. And I wonder if you're willing to share about how really you came to your spirituality um, and, and really how it became central for you. Mm -hmm. Well, in my own upbringing... Uh of course, I was uh, like born into um, uh, the, the the usual um, basic, um, uh, well, a Catholic uh, faith practice here, and um, all of that. But um, beyond that, uh, even from an early age, uh, um, and I, I like to spend a lot of time alone. 
and walking and hiking around in the, into the mountains and the valleys. And I used to uh, just walk across the, the Llano and, and do just uh, solitary, even like climbing up and down the, the sheer cliffs of the gorge down there and, and spending time out there and uh, just observing what's going on. And uh, something just so powerful about the nature of, of, of the natural world um, impressed me spiritually very much as well. Um, you know, the, the, the peace on a, on a beautiful day um, and sometimes even just being caught in the middle of a, a great uh, storm of some kind, just seeing all these extremes, these, the, the, the range of, uh, of uh, natural and, and even supernatural power that's uh, uh, inherent in our, in our area. And um, that always struck me in a way what I called spiritual. And um, so I was uh, moved by that. And then again, just learning more, always reading more about um, things of the area, whether it's, um, you know, the, the, the real other kind of spirits that inhabit the area um, here through uh, everything from the lakes or the, the, the mountains and, and, and everything that's out here. Um, I, I remember one that impressed me a lot when I was uh, just walking across, across the Llano towards the gorge to a kind of a hidden side canyon down there. And I could, I could almost like hear in my mind uh, like, like uh, something calling and and it was it was a call of a call of a a, a bird actually in distress and uh, and uh, i couldn't see it or anything and i was a distance away but um my path kind of took a turn and uh, came down through the ravines and uh, down into where a ledge was overlooking the, the sheer uh, cliff of the uh, Rio Grande Gorge. And water had, uh, rainwater, I guess, had pooled in one of the volcanic um, crevices there. And uh, in that crevice, in that water, there was a, a bird thrashing around, drowning, just about to, just about to give it all up. And uh, so, uh, I, I guess that's why I'm here. So I, I went and, and uh, you know, lifted him out of the water, and he had been injured in a way, his his leg, mm -hmm. his wing. Uh, but that was one. So there's that. So I'm just so aware that um, there's that interconnection between. Um, between us, or me anyway, or us as people and everything that's around us and uh, that uh, there is uh, always uh, something out there, as if to say calling or, or, or something out, out there um, to which we are also related and uh, should be open to responding to as well. Mm -hmm. And that's also uh, uh, spirituality with me, and uh, I've come to know a lot about um, 
the stories and um, of um, of the spirits of this area, the the, the different gods of uh, of all the peoples and lines of uh, bloodlines, family lines that I've come from, um, you know, from my my own Native American blood side of things, um, you know, the the stories way back when of. Uh, of, of, uh, of the gods from this side of the world and and uh, from from all over and so I'm able to and I constantly look deeper as, as, as much as I can and to to write about those things too. A special thank you to David Fernandez. Where We Meet comes from Taos Center for the Arts in Taos, New Mexico and is supported by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Producers include Colette LaBeouf, Chelsea Reedy, Alice Morion, Ariana Cubillos-Vogler, and Joshua Aragon. Research and writing by Jacqueline Paul. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. On Where We Meet, we share conversations from New Mexico and beyond. Thanks for listening. Be well. <laughs>